Well, hey there, team. This is podcast number 720 for Coach Jeff. It's the 24th of October 2018, and you are listening to episode 10 of the Muay Thai Podcast. Hey there team and welcome on to this episode of the cast brought to you by Coach Jeff and I am your host Coach Jeff and uh, today I chat with good friend and pro fighter Paul the Reaper Banashik and uh, I'll give you a warning uh, right up here at the front of the show this is an explicit episode Uh, we've marked the episode that way so uh, if you've got little ones around or people with dainty ears uh, might want to uh, just uh, jump over this one but uh, Paul and I have an absolutely fantastic chat about uh, what he's been up to over the last uh, couple of years since we've had him on the show. And uh, like I say, yeah, we use a bit of language, but nothing more than you would expect from two fighters just having a chat about uh, the fight game in general. Check out all things Coach Jeff at coachjeff.com.au. Hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Coach Jeff podcast. That way you will simply get every single bit of content that we produce. Um, uh, Don't forget you can find the old shows on the Coach Jeff Archives podcast, and that's where you'll find shows prior to show number 250, and you can find that on iTunes as well. Uh, Please hang around uh, at the end of today's show for uh, a message from the coach and uh, for uh, links to all the various things that we'll be chatting about in today's show. And uh, stop chafing right there in its tracks. We will be announcing uh, within the week um, our new anti-chafing powder and that is going to be simply awesome, so uh, stay tuned for that. Well, enough of me banging away. Let's, uh, well, jump on the phones and chat with a good buddy of mine, Paul the Reaper, Banashi. Alrighty guys, welcome back cast and uh, joining me on the phone tonight, well uh, you know this guy's been on the show quite a few times, I absolutely love him heaps, he is uh, a terrific fighter, a great guy and of course we're talking about my good buddy Paul the Reaper Banashik, better known as the Muay Thai athlete, how are you brother? Um, doing lovely today actually, I, I, as I was saying before we started recording that you caught me at a jolly time. It's been a rough time the past <laughs> the past uh, few seasons or so, but uh, you caught me at a jolly time right now, so uh, yeah. I'm feeling good, feeling good. How are you, my brother? Mate, I'm just living the dream. I, uh, I'm really uh, I'm having a great time with life, man. You know, um, even as I get into these senior years, I'm just having so much fun with um, my training and my fighting and, and life in general. Uh, I've got a lot of entrepreneurial stuff going on. Uh, in the background and I've got to say and uh, mate I want to give credit to yourself and uh, our buddy Sean Fagan the Muay Thai guy because you guys um, you know with what you do with your websites the Muay Thai guys podcast one of my favorite shows uh, and the entrepreneurial spirit that both of you guys show as well as being pro fighters um, it fires me up mate it keeps me on my game uh, because you know I sometimes we all get a little bit slack with doing our entrepreneurial stuff and uh and then i think geez what would paul and sean be doing right now we'd be driving hard so it's uh so loving what you do i mean bring us up to speed what's been going on uh over the last year or so man tell us uh, tell us what's been happening to the muay thai athlete 
Oh boy, uh, I want to almost go back to the last podcast just to figure out where we left off because uh, I was on a all-time high, I believe, the last time that I came on here. And it's amazing how life changes. So yeah. a lot of the times, you know, you, you come on shows and the interviews come when you're the superstar, you know, when everything is beautiful and uh, everyone is supporting, everyone wants you on their show. I remember uh, I was coming on here while doing... I was at the point of trying to tell people to kind of tone it down and to skip out on a lot of things because it, it was interrupting my training in a way and my focus. And, you know, I was doing like eight to nine, 10 interviews in one week before the fight and things like that. Mm. And then uh, it, it, it's that story of, um, man, was it Miguel Cotto? Uh, one, one of the famous boxers talking about how after one of his fights where he won the world title, he had 4,000 calls and missed texts and things like that. And then the time that he lost, you know, he had he had one missed call from his mother trying to check on, you know, how he's doing. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I had kind of both. I had a really surprising bout recently where, you know, people kind of defied the odds and they showed me the amount of love and support. Uh, I, I probably got more love in this last fight that I fought for glory kickboxing. Mm. Uh, than I did fighting for a world title and being on a 17-fight win streak. So for those that um, aren't familiar, uh, I'm a world champion kickbox uh, Muay Thai fighter. So that's, that's a big part of this story is that understanding the differences in these sports, um, kickboxing and Muay Thai and how it's really hard to adapt for some kickboxers going into Muay Thai and some Muay Thai fighters going into kickboxing or going into mm. MMA, whatever it may be, because because of the pace of the five rounds, because of the different weapons that you have to think about and the amount of hours that you put in. So the last time that I was on here was I was talking about how I was living at Namsak Noi. I was in Thailand. I kind of you know gave up everything I had to live in Thailand. I was here for close to a year. Um, I'm on the call right now with you from Thailand. I'm in Chiang Mai right now in northern Thailand, and uh, I'm I'm living here again. So I, I've spent most of my time with the past two years here living in uh, you know the land of the smiles with the ties. And I was doing I, I switched to glory kickboxing. So the the real story is that why do Thai fighters end up going to kickboxing? And why you see a lot of them, especially near the tail end of their careers, because they made their their name in Muay Thai. They're very, very skilled fighters and champions. But kickboxing is where most of the money is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Glory is the biggest promotion in the world, the most challenging. So there are no easy fights. You know, once in a while you'll see a late fill-in or something like that, but it's, it's just like being in the UFC. You, you see this happen rather often. People have some superstar potential, uh, Sage Northcutt or uh, Paige Van Zant. You know, like pretty new green fighters, but they they show some promise. And after they show promise, they're thrown in with the wolves. And I've talked about this all the time. When I was an amateur, I saw this. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I like to think of myself as a pretty cerebral person. So I saw this ahead of time that, you know, when I'm fighting and after <laughs> I called it, I called it after I said five fights. Once you win five fights in a row as a pro, 
there's no middle ground. There's no, oh, now yeah. you're fighting a guy with 10 fights. No, it jumps. It's, yeah. You know, once you have five fights, you're fighting world champions and on the highest level in the world, you're fighting the one percenters because the, the, the middle space is really non-existent. The, the bottom feeders are always going to be there. The guys that need a couple hundred bucks on the weekend, the guys that want to be called a professional fighter, the guys are, that are doing it for social media, whatever it may be, or the guys that you know are sticking around a little bit too long after you know their, their time is over. And then uh, in the middle, there's not too much. And then at the top, there's the guys that have been around, you know, the, the like mm. real seasoned vets or the guys that are extremely athletic, like really high level fighters that just kind of tore through the competition. So uh, you got to be ready. And that's why I, I took a long time as an amateur. And uh, yeah, uh, my fifth fight was against uh, WBC national champion. I ended up beating him. So again, that shows promise. And exactly five fights. They set me up for a world title on the biggest promotion for Muay Thai in the world, which was against Chip Moraza Pollard. Had a five-round war. I mean, it was mm. mentally the hardest fight I've definitely ever been in. Uh, we pushed each other and just kind of, you know, tried to break each other's limits. We both had our uh, moments. Uh, I was rocked in the first. And, I mean, I kind of stayed rocked throughout the fight after that. Um I, I broke away from my Thai camp and ended up in more of a kickboxing camp, which was kind of a uh, tough transition, which is funny because now I'm doing kickboxing, but I'm in Thai camps. So I kind of yeah. did it backwards. So for anyone listening, like definitely uh, try to specialize in whatever that you're doing. Like even to yourself, you're talking about, you know, having your boxing coach uh, working into kickboxing, like um perhaps he should stay with his specialty of boxing and then bringing mm. someone in when it comes to defense when it comes yeah. to the kickboxing part yeah, yeah. and kicking and things like that so yeah, yeah. yeah i fought for the world title i lost the decision on that night and then i got picked up by glory kickboxing i was on a short uh short notice fight and in the past year i've had uh three out of my last four fights have been split decision losses that um the, if you read the articles, uh, you see that they're very mixed uh, in the sense that the media thinks it's the other way. But, um, you know, the judges thought, you know, it's one way or the other. And I've been trying to transition into the kickboxing world, be you know, fighting at the highest level, coming from only, you know, less than a year as a professional. So it's it's it started to be a rough road. I've invested a lot into it, but uh, this is this is the part that you know you kind of get tested uh, to see what you're made of. Mate, absolutely. You know, and uh, and you know, I look at some of the fights that you've had. Um, I, I think back to that uh, Ivan um, Gales fight at Madison Square Garden. Like he's he had had like fifty eight, sixty six fights. Yeah, you know, and, and that goes right back to what you're saying, that all of a sudden, you, you, you man, it's not... Um, the sixes not were up in that fight. Uh, I had six fights. He had 66. Yeah. And uh, it, it was on six days' notice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's the thing I love about you, man. You don't... Uh, like, you take them all. You know, you've uh, you've really jumped in. And, uh, and like you say, being tested, man, and I, I think... You know, for people that are not really that familiar with your story, you should be. If you uh, you follow me, you know that uh, the people that follow me follow you, and they'll know that you know you've had uh, a, a, a terrific run of injuries, man. You had your face busted, 
then you tear up a meniscus. Um, and then in this last fight against uh, Justin Moss, uh, a broken hand. Um, you know, so you are being tested, man. And, and I, that's what fires me up about you, mate. I don't want to sound like I'm sucking up too much, but that's what fires me up because, you know, here you are back in Thailand again, um, you know, on the receiving end of another injury and still just chasing what it is, you know, what it is you're after, man, you know, and, uh, yeah, I feel for you sometimes, brother. I really do, I you know. cast myself safety nets in a way where if I get too comfortable or I don't do well, that I have a safety net in a way, which is not actually a safety net. It's kind of a kick in the ass for myself, meaning when I had the world title fight against Chip Pollard, I expected to win. However, if I did win, I didn't want to get too comfortable. Uh, I felt like, you know, I was on a 17-fight win streak. It started to feel, it gets to the point where it's almost expected out of you. And that's why I felt real love after this loss is because I felt more love from this loss than I did during the wins because people would almost stop coming to the fights uh, saying, no, well, I already knew you were going to win. You know, like a lot of people, mm. that, that that is the text I would get. Wouldn't expect mm. anything else, bro. And then it's like, you know, on to the next versus here. It was just real support. Like, you know, like we're here for you. We love you, whether it's win or loss. And um, I had more support for this one than I ever had. I had people flying actually from Australia, from down under. I had yeah. people flying from, I had someone drive all the way from Canada, like a 12-hour drive. I had people fly in from Massachusetts, Connecticut, Florida, and California, which, I mean, to me is just insane to see all these people there for me. And it, and it put a hell of a lot of pressure uh, on me to to perform well for these people. So it wasn't even the pain that I felt myself, you know, disappointing myself, but uh, these people that showed me this love. But at the same time, uh, it was no different after, you know, the love was all the same. And it still is a month later, which which is definitely a good testament to the type of relationships that we're able to create in this community. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the, um, and I think for, for people that want to hear a bit more in depth, if you go back and listen to, I think it's episode 105 of the Muay Thai guys podcast, where you guys talk about death ground, where um, you, I think you and, and Sean pretty openly talk about where you're at uh, right now on the back of this uh, last fight and, and the injury to your hand. Um, but I think it's important that that um, that you understand that that we we come to cheer you on, um, and uh, you know we're there whether you win, lose, or draw, and uh, and that that uh, I know that there's a whole bunch of pressure comes with that. You know when a whole bunch of people turn up to watch you go round um, inside the ropes, it's uh, it can be tremendous pressure. But I think you know you, as you've just said, you know you you're getting love. Um, uh, you know, even on the back of losses, and it's important to understand that it's like we're there, we're there with you and for you. We're enjoying your journey, um, and uh, the love is the love, mate. Whether you win, lose, or draw, I'll tell you right now that it's probably the only and main reason. Um, you know, obviously there has to be a little bit of uh, internal factor as well, but it, it's definitely been the main reason why I'm still here. You know, and I just got back from training before getting on this podcast and had yeah. a really hard session uh, with a broken hand, <laughs> you know, just with one glove on and just trying to grind away however I can 
doing road yeah. work and staying in shape. It's just I put in too much work for it to kind of go away. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy and set a good example. But the main thing is that if, if these people came out, you know, they, they made all their way coming from down under, coming from up north and making it to Chicago to watch Glory and to see in person. You know, I kind of feel like I owe it to them. You know, like I haven't given up, like even if I give up on myself, if they haven't given up on me, you know, it's kind of doing a disservice to the people that are not giving up on me. So I feel like I need to give back. And that's definitely what's kept me in the game uh, because, uh, like, as you said, it's just been a bad string of injuries uh, from the first fight uh, from fighting Brett coming back home. Um you know, the first four fights, you know, I, it, it was lucky for me that somehow as I was going through camp, I had a lot of knee infections here in Thailand. My first pro fight, I don't, I don't know how this happened. It's just like momentum. Life is just momentum. It's like, you know, when good things are happening, we get, we get excited, motivated, and we make more good things happen. It's just like money makes money. And it's the other way around, you know, when you don't have shit. You know, it's hard to get motivated every morning because you don't feel that reward system. You know, that reward system fuels you. And that's the point I'm at right now. But going back to the beginning, the first fight, I I was headbutted. I broke my nose in four places. I couldn't really breathe. But somehow I made it work for my next three fights. I got through those fights and won. So I was 4-0 as a pro. Then I fought Brett Havacek, uh, WBC champion, uh, co-main event, lion fight, the headline fight, actually, after the main event got dropped. I hit the uh, right hook in the third round, which fucked my hand. It, it, three of the ligaments in my hand got pulled. Uh, but then it made me go into the clinch, which is definitely my strongest game. And I ended up winning the fight. Because of hurting my hand, I think uh, that's where I hurt him with a hard elbow. And, you know, I feel like maybe if I didn't hurt my hand, it wouldn't have happened. So uh, let the hand heal as they pushed the world title fight on me. I said, you know, like I need a few more fights. You know, I'm young to this. I just got back to the States. I'm getting back into the rhythm and the timing of the Western fighters, it's, which is very different. And they put they said either this fight or no fight. So, mm. all right, all right, let's do it. You know, I'm not one to back down from fight. I just suggested that, you know, like we build it up. Like, I'm not just going to come here, like have one fight and expect to be a world champion. You know, like mm. I want to earn it the right way. Um, no way where I'm, you know, at this level, people, when people say, oh, he's scared to fight this guy. Like we're professional fighters at the world-class level. Nobody's scared of anyone. It's, yeah, exactly. you know, like at a point it becomes a business and how it works. And this is kind of a testament to it. And, you know, I said like a few more fights to build a name, to just make people care versus these two guys that are like, why kill off two young lions? Mm. Right. Like, like feed both, get people excited. Like, oh, there's nobody left. These two guys got to fight each other. You mm. know, there's plenty, there was plenty of people left. And, um, I lost the decision. Um, you know, two of those months I was healing the hand. Uh, but I felt good, so obviously there's zero excuse to that. And then uh, the Galaz fight, I dislocated my knee walking out. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Thing. I couldn't. I could then, not uh, believe that, man. Like uh, you, you're so used to getting like injured in training or injured inside the ring in a fight, but for crying out loud, man, that happened like on the way out. 
<laughs> I was that? just happy to be uh, one. I was happy to be there. It was short. And it's one of those things like you stay loose because you have nothing to lose. You know, yeah. I, you know, it's the biggest stage, Madison Square Garden. Every yeah. fighter dreams of being there. I've won under those lights. So I was happy to be there. I saw holes like not he didn't have many holes in his game, but I saw that stylistically it was a good matchup for me. And uh, I, I can really like take advantage of it. I was in the best shape, but I was in good shape. And, uh, yeah, I was stretching backstage and kind of getting a little too excited. And I was bouncing like from left to right, uh, in like a side lunge position. So if you're picturing that and I sat like heel to ass and my left knee just kind of shattered, like it popped out of place. I kicked it back in and they were calling my name. So I, I, (laughs) you you have no time. You have no time to think They, 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 you know, you have no time to think. And I didn't feel it in the fight. So I don't think it limited me in any type of way. Um, Somebody get me a band-aid uh, quick. Yeah, and then I was out for a while with that one, but then I got an opportunity to fight again. Um, I actually had a pro boxing fight as the B-side. Um, almost knocked the guy out. Ended up being a draw because um, I don't know if you guys do this, but we have an A and a B-side to build up the A-side fighters. So if... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like if someone has promised they're an undefeated fighter, he, he was six and oh, I was a debut fighter. They didn't do sometimes they don't do their homework, and that's the issue is that when, when they bring in the guy to lose, they don't do enough homework. So they thought that, you know, me coming from Muay Thai, they're like, okay, that's some like karate shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they were mistaken. I was a Golden Glove uh, finalist yeah. as an amateur. So, yeah. Hurt him in the first, and you know they ended up being a draw, but everyone knows the result of that one. And then uh, fought Glory again. Uh, that's when my knee felt good enough, so I had about you know five to six weeks of training with a good knee. Um, uh, lost that one, and so th- th- that's probably the, the legit decision loss. Uh, I definitely lost that one on decision, but um, ended up busting my other knee in that one. And then uh, this one, I broke my hand. So in the past five fights, I've ended up with x-rays and MRIs for each fight. So, you know, man, like uh, the mind is a crazy thing. It starts to definitely uh, question like like you get to the point where you're just kind of moving forward. Like you're so used to it. But, um, you know, like facing reality at the end of the day is what you have to do. So... And it's th- this last one is definitely with the one that like really stung because uh, it get, it wasn't against like a top ten fighter like even though I'm pretty young in the career uh, I've fought all of my fights at the world class level and against top ten guys so this one wasn't a top ten guy um, I still don't see him as skillful as myself but so what I keep saying is that, you know, I lost myself and he defeated himself. If, if There's a new show on Netflix called Fight World and there's a very common theme in a lot of these, uh, in all the martial arts where they ask, oh, do you watch your f- opponents, blah, 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 whatever it may be. And the fighters, no matter what discipline it is, whether it's, you know, uh, Salat or kickboxing, Muay Thai or Lithway, they all say, it's like, no, it's, you know, I'm conquering myself. Like you go out there, it, it mm. depends how, you know, it, whether I conquer myself or not. And, you know, he, he conquered himself that night and I was, uh, I, I, I didn't, you know, I got the knockdown, I broke my hand and instead of doing certain things like 
throwing my right hand following the game plan, uh, you know, I, I, I try to take extreme ownership of it as much as I can so so I can learn from it and uh, not make the same, same mistakes coming up now uh, as I try to get back to Muay Thai. Yeah. So so just just quickly finishing off on fighting, where to from here? Uh, and I gather that it's going to be like more of a, a Muay Thai focus now, eh? You know, I'm signed under Glory. I'm a Glory kickboxing fighter. I'm yep. signed under them for a five-fight contract. But yep. um, they they are open to me fighting in Thailand. And yep. I think coming off an injury, you saw this happen, um, you know, like long layoff for Connor. And I've been coming off injuries every single one of these fights and then going to another world-class fighter, you know, on the biggest stage of them all. So, like, you know, you get a couple of weeks where you're 100% but you, you don't get a full camp. So having these warm-ups, I think, like like people talking already about Connor having a rematch with Khabib and things like that, like, man, damn, let, let the man get his swagger back. Like a mm. lot of these people, they, they fight on momentum. Like you have, mm. it's such a mental game. You have to feel yourself, you know, in a way, like you have to be very confident in yourself. And if you're hesitating, that split second loses you fights at the world level. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of have that at like a mid-level fight. And, and, and then, you know, you land something, you're like, all right, I'm back at it. And you kind of get back in your groove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the best camp I ever had. I had four months of six hours a day training in Thailand. And this is what Sean talks about. He's like, fuck, man, how does that feel? Like to have a split loss that you, th- that most people think you won, but on top of that, just putting in the amount of work. He's like, I don't know anyone that works harder than you. And that's what I meant with the reward system. It, mm-hmm. You start to notice that it cheats you. You know, when people say, like, just do the hard work, sacrifice everything. And over time, like, it pays off. <sighs> Unfortunately, for, for me, it hasn't. Um, it, it's, it's gotten me to the point of being broke. It's gotten me to the point of uh, taking losses uh, after feeling like the next big thing and mm. um it that reward system feels like i don't trust it anymore and that's a scary thing that's not a good thing as a fighter like like saying like like fuck man i've had fights where i didn't do as much and i won and now that i've been sacrificing everything in my life like when it comes to relationships and family and and money and mm. everything that it may be and comfort and it's not paying off it's it's really hard to do that again you know <laughs> because then you have that fear like fuck man like what if i sacrifice all this and it's for nothing again and and when it happens a few times in a row like it has then then it kind of embeds it more in your head yeah see the thing is that uh, as a fighter i understand but i don't understand because it's not uh, yeah what i do is your beer and skittle stuff you know what i mean but but being able to speak to someone like yourself that is at that pointy end of the game and 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 get the real emotion of it and and the way you just explain that i like i say man i understand but i don't really understand because i'm not at that level but i understand what you're saying man yeah i mean i have a girlfriend back home and you know, we haven't seen each other in, in a few months. We didn't see each other for a month and a half before the fight. And she wanted to be there, but she ended up flying out to Chicago to watch me fight. And after Chicago, I bought a ticket to get back here. So I, I put it on myself to get back into camp. And then breaking my hand, 
I only had enough money to get back. So the ticket to fly me back was back to Thailand. So yeah. it forced me to be back in Thailand without, you know, a way of coming back. So we've spent another uh, month and a half apart, you know, and away from family and everything like that. But, um, yeah, what you were saying moving forward is that the way to get the swagger back is to to get back to my game and to yeah. have that 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 a fight that makes you remember who you are. Yeah. And to set an example, like that's that's kind of what I said to myself is, you know, like if this was the point where we stop is like what example are we setting? And how sexy of a story would it be if we did the complete opposite? So, yeah, you know, this is advice I give to my students is, you know, like when they hit a hiccup, when they hit a speed bump and they hit a loss or whatever it may be, when they have struggle, the people that I love the most, the people that I'm interested in are the ones that have a story to tell. And the ones that haven't had shit thrown in their face and haven't stumbled upon the way, they don't have much of a story. Um, You know, like people that have been handed everything to them their whole life. It's really hard for me to connect with them. We were speaking about this prior to the podcast when, uh, you know, working with those, uh, with the stay at home moms and things like that. As a personal trainer, there's a reason I switched over to training only fighters in East Hartford because (laughs) these are guys that have no money. They came from the ghetto. A lot of them were abused as, you know, one of my main students was abused. My other main student that uh, is one of the hardest workers and most successful, she was a former drug addict and, um, you know, ended up being incarcerated. A lot of these people um, you know, they're the ones with the story to tell. They're the ones I want to invest myself in and 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 listen because to come out of that changes you as a person and gives you some type of personality. So, you know, if if I were to be a victim to it, um, that's not a good example. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, man, uh, you've always had great content uh, over there on your website, themuaytaiathlete.com. And... Uh, it's been great stuff. You know, I, uh, so many times I just wander over to your website and I just sort of wander around and, and you've always had great stuff, but I, but it's almost like, uh, you're taking it to the next level now, um, with, uh, with Patreon. Um, talk to us a little bit about what, uh, what's going on there and, uh, and how do, how do we get involved? I've been editing videos since I was in fifth grade when I was uh, skateboarding with my friends as a team. And uh, by the time I was in high school, I was kind of slinging DVDs, uh, full full length movies. <laughs> and uh, I love now, I that. <laughs> now that I've uh, started blogging and doing it in the Muay Thai world uh, and now actually transitioning into the travel space and business and things like that, I try to build a community of people that are a little bit more on the intimate level. Uh, I found that on the blog, you know, on my Facebook page, I have 360,000 people. And it seems like depending on the channel that you create, a different type of demographic comes about. And in the Muay Thai athlete Facebook page, it's a lot of people that love very quick, easy stuff where it's really entertaining, you know, someone getting knocked out, like a funny video or like a really short piece. Um, but honestly, what where my passion lies is in the more intimate content, you know, speaking just what we're doing now, having a more of a intimate and deep conversation 
And that's the kind of content that I want to portray in my mm. Patreon. Uh, the deeper stuff, the people that really don't want to dive into a technique video that is like a quick 30-second tip, one that really gets into the nitty-gritty things. Um, when I'm doing a private session, I'm going one-on-one. You know, I'm not just kind of smacking pads to make you tired and make you look tired and like, oh my God, that was a great session. Paul just like killed me and that's it. Like, I want people to learn and I want people to learn at every single level. So, like, understand it. Why are we doing it? Uh, like in a fight situation, why are we doing it from a technical standpoint, a tactical st- standpoint? And I'm a more visual learner. So if you show me diagrams and arrows, like that's how I learn. Like when mm-hmm. I have someone that has a good example, that has good technique, that's the way I, that, that I learn. If someone explains it to me, it's I'm more of a visual learner that way. So I try to combine all of that together in the Patreon. So it's at patreon.com slash limitless project. And I try to bring all of it together. So you have the audio component where I'm voicing it over myself. I'm talking about what's going through my head, the purpose of everything that we're doing. But then also visually, you see myself pausing, uh, outlining everything with arrows, with different diagrams. So you can see the angles of what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes like I can say something, but you don't really understand it. But if I'm saying it and then I'm pointing it out with different diagrams, I'm zooming in or in, you know, using different uh, arrows and geometric shapes that helps you be uh, visually stimulated. That way you can learn a little bit quicker, easier and understand it better. Like, oh, okay, that's what he means. And I'm taking my private lessons, you know, that, People are essentially diving into themselves of all different demographics as well. So my first one was with Kathy, who's a professional world kickboxing champion, transitioning mm-hmm. over to boxing. So that's a great uh, thing for people to learn. Is like a high level world champion that was a kickboxing fighter, and the, but it has really heavy hands. So people from the boxing world can take away from it. People from the kickboxing world can take away from it and then all the principles start at the fundamentals so the first few videos you know maybe it's a little bit slow for you but that's what everything builds upon is those fundamentals and i try to explain it in in a really really technical fashion so if you see the diagram you hear me explain it you build that good foundation then we can get to the more fancy stuff which we actually do we do more like hand trapping when we get them in the corner how to get them in the corner how to defend attack when you're an aggressive fighter just complementing your style and uh we also have a possible opportunity of filming a documentary here in Thailand uh, at the Lumpini Stadium, which is the most prestigious Muay stadium in the world of a friend of mine. And I just want to f- I don't I don't want to film another, you know, like because okay, a white guy fighting a tie for a title. Yeah. It's it's I, I want to tell the real story of the betting behind it, of how this business and how does the training and everything else look like, you know, from a more intimate standpoint of, you know, what does this man have to do to be here? Because Jack's been here, the person that's fighting and going to be in this video, been living here for the past year. He has a very comfortable life back in England, making a lot more money than he is here. And, uh, you know, he's been fighting for chump change and and living for $80. Uh, You can't imagine what type of place uh, you're living in if you're paying $80 a month. So yeah, so I just want to be able to get that story out there to give people some perspective to inspire people and, and to see really what it takes to be great 
and uh not in the sense of like like oh you ain't got it so bad but in the sense of like like fuck man if if he's doing it like that like you know like like i'm in a good place maybe i can take this even further and um for, for us to get the funding for it you know we, we we need all the support that we can get on patreon to be able to edit to shoot and to produce the video and to market every everything so as many people as we can get you know i woke up this morning we had a 50 dollars sponsor that shot in which i have benefits for everything so a lot of people use the patreon platform as kind of a tip jar and yeah. i'm that's not the way I see. I'm almost using it as a membership site. I'm I'm not yeah. using it as a tip jar. I'm, this is where I want to put my best content. Um, the, I want to over deliver. You know, so if if you're a five ten dollar Patreon or whatever it may be, I'm trying to over deliver with that. Like, well, everyone gets a hundred percent response rate for me. So you know, you get to speak to me. There there are opportunities to work one on one with me. There are opportunities to be featured on the site, like your brand to be featured. Like I said, this morning we had a small brand sponsor, which is, you know, a $50 sponsor. So that's only 50 a month. And, you know, you have a professional fighter representing your brand and it's spanned over my social media, which has, you know, 360,000 people on Facebook, over 15,000 on Instagram. And, um, you know, me and Sean try to do everything from the podcast to every form of social media to training camps around the world. So, Hopefully, I'm you know I'm crossing my fingers. Like this is this is my way of um, putting forth the best content from you know a le- legitimate source and doing it in a high quality way. Um, part of what I said is the, a lot of the money that has been invested into this has also been in uh, education. Me me taking different courses on videography, photography. And the equipment, obviously, uh, videography, photography, equipment, it doesn't come cheap. But uh, we, we have some of the top-of-the-line stuff. Yeah, You're good yeah. at it. You're very, very good at it, man. I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but but uh, I, uh, I I wish I had one poofteenth of your talent with a camera, man, <laughs> because it's like some of the stuff that you've done is very artsy, and I mean that in a nice way. It's like I think – Christ, the Reaper did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some of the shots you've taken over the over the time that I've known you have just been spectacular, man. You are very, very good with – like you're good with your hands and your feet in the ring. But outside of the ring, you put that equipment in your hands, man. You're a, you're a magician with that stuff. So, you know, I, I'm telling you guys, you get, on to, get on to this Patreon with the Reaper. Um, you won't be uh, – you know, you won't be shortchanged, I can tell you. Thank you. I I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we, I try to put my uh, like I said, I, I get almost anxiety about not delivering enough. So before I release every anything, I I try to check everything and double proof it to make sure maybe not the English part, but whatever the visual and the actual work of you know what I'm releasing, whatever the pieces is, is that. I, I try to over perfect it and over deliver with it because I do have an anxiety of it not delivering enough. Yeah, no, you always deliver, man. I and look, you, people might say I'm biased because I'm your buddy and uh, and we have a relationship here. But but I say this in an unbiased way, man. The uh, you have always over delivered on everything that you produce, all the content that you produce, you know, uh, as yourself. Um, man is superb, absolutely superb. And, and, and I, I still remember the discussions we had back in the day when you first talked about, 
you know, bringing the whole travel aspect and the whole limitless, you know, the limitless project to, to life. Um, and, and ever since those days, man, you have always over delivered with every bit of content that you've produced, um, you know, and, uh, no need to be anxious about it, brother. It's good stuff. I highly appreciate your words. Yeah. So how do we get to it? Patreon.com slash limitless project. Yeah. I got the links there anyway, man. I'll, uh, I'll make sure we put that up in the show notes. We're going to share the living daylights out of that post. And uh, I'm going to do a separate blog um, about it um, because I think it, it's stuff like this that uh, in some small way we can contribute to that will generate a few bucks that will keep you fed and watered and, uh, and keep you doing what you're doing there in Thailand, man, because I, uh, I just love it, man. I, I live vicariously through you as you do what you do there in Thailand and uh, – you know, the ups and downs you've had, uh, we ride it with you, man. I really appreciate that. Honestly, it's, um, it's not even about being, you know, sheltered and fed. It's, you know, more of that comes from, you know, the fighting part and whatever else, but just, uh, you know, taking the hours needed to put into the, the, the work, you know, um, to take away from the projects that are paid uh, to do this type of work. Because I th- honestly, I think some of the most intimate and the most passionate stuff that you can do uh, is free. So it's a, a bit of a labor of love. So if we can just supplement that in any type of way, I think we can bring forth uh, really interesting, really inspiring content. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, brother, it's always uh, a huge pleasure just to catch up and chat, man. I, um, like I say, I, I, I love what you do. I love the passion that you chase things down with. Uh, I simply love what you and Sean do with the Muay Thai Guys podcast, man. I just wish that that was like an hourly podcast uh, coming out on the hour, each and every hour of 24 hours of the day, mate. We'd be very happy then. So uh, it's always good to hear from you guys, and you guys are absolutely kicking ass with that show, man. You really are. Highly appreciate it, and I really appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, mate, anytime. You know that – there's always room on uh, on our show for you guys and uh, anything we can do to help share the love and uh, spread the word, we will do, man. Much love, Coach. All right, brother. Will you take care, man, and uh, look after that hand? What's the, uh, what's the prognosis with the hand right now? One month to go. One month to go, and then I can start kind of touching with it. It's, it's been about six weeks, but, you know, they said 10 weeks before it's fully healed, hopefully, crossing my fingers. If I can't cross my fingers, crossing it on my right hand. <laughs> Just keep cracking away with that other hand, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, mate. You take care, buddy. Uh, like I say, always a real pleasure. There you go, guys. Paul Banashik, the Reaper, the Muay Thai Athlete.com, and uh, make sure, please go across to that link that we'll have in the show notes for uh, the Patreon and uh, look out for uh, a bit of a blog from me and some words on Facebook about it and uh, get over there, uh, slap down a pledge and uh, get amongst the content and uh, hook up with the Reaper and uh, make uh, make use of it. So uh, we're out of here now, a little bit of music or something, but we'll be back on the other side to tidy it all up. Don't go away. Alrighty, guys, that'll just about wrap us up for uh, this edition of the Fighters Podcast with Coach Jeff. And a, uh, a huge, huge big thank you to uh, Paul the Reaper Banashik for coming on the show. Uh, Paul has got a lot going on with uh, his uh, pro fight career and uh, the stuff that he does uh, outside the ring and online. 
Uh, so for him to take time out of a really, really busy schedule to uh, chat with us here on the show, uh, very, very special to me. I've got such a great love for this guy and uh, and what he does. Very, very inspiring. Uh, please go and check out uh, MuayThaiAthlete.com um, and uh, also check out Paul's uh, Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash limitless project. Uh, I've already signed up over there and uh, put my money down on uh, his uh, Patreon uh, limitless project. And uh, I've got to say the content is absolutely superb. Whether you're a fighter or not, I think if you have uh, the slightest bit of interest in the fight game or if you're an athlete looking for an edge um, in your training, um, hop over there and uh, and make a pledge and uh, access the content because it is uh, it is simply simply fantastic so uh, check it out muaythaiathlete.com patreon.com forward slash limitless project and uh, and help out a uh, a pro fighter Uh, contrary to what we see with the Mayweathers and the McGregors uh, of the world um, you know for a lot of pro fighters it's a meagre meagre living so um, if we can do some stuff by supporting uh, Paul's Patreon uh, that would be just simply superb and you can support me as well by uh, somewhere throughout your week uh, if you could tell uh, your family, friends, workmates about the uh, Coach Jeff podcast, uh, maybe tell them about the MuayThaiAthlete.com or uh, the Limitless Project, that's how you can help us out. That costs you absolutely nothing. If you just take a few minutes out of your day to uh, explain to people what a podcast is, uh, how to access it, how to uh, show them how to put the Coach Jeff podcast on their phone or their iPod or uh, whatever they listen to it on, and uh, and spread the word about uh, what we're up to and uh, spread the word about guys like Paul. That's a simple way that you can help us. Uh, and like I say, it costs nothing but a little bit of your time and, and consideration. And, uh, man, we would just be absolutely so appreciative of that. Uh, all right, guys, that's enough of me uh, banging away here at the desk. Uh, we're out of here now. Uh, but remember what the coach always says, train to race and race to win. But, man, you have a heap of fun along the way. Remember, keep your hands up, defend yourself at all times, and we might see you inside or outside the ring in the very near future. This is the coach saying bye-bye for now.